Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Wednesday, May 25th. We will be chatting about movie screening the week of Friday, May 27th. It's uh, Star Wars week. Or, I mean, for Lee, that's every week. But it's that Obi-Wan Kenobi show. It'll be coming out the day after you hear this or whatever. Now, yeah. Again, we always talk about Disney Plus by accident. <laughs> they need our help. It's, but th- that's just how I remember dates sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, there's something I got to remember to do May 27th. I'm like, oh, it's a television show. Right. Yeah. I have noticed on nerd Twitter yesterday, today, there's been a lot of cool repostings of old newspaper ads and mm. magazine articles and stuff because I think... Yeah, right around this time is when the first six Star Wars movies were released. So everything is hitting an anniversary. Not all nice 10, 20, 30 kind of things. <laughs> Maybe none of them, actually. Well, because so this year is the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. But then I just noticed it was like May 25th, I think is the day Star Wars and Jedi were released. Yeah, for sure. A New Hope. I always remember that one, the 25th, but... Beyond that, I'm just kind of lost. And then whatever the math is, Empire might have been the 28th or the 24th or whatever. But the first six movies were all then. And then the Disney movies went to Christmas time. So Yeah. And I remember they there was some debate. I think they were talking about doing like uh, the standalone, like Solo or whatever, would not come out in May because it was like a side thing. But then I, I don't even know if that was a plan or they were just like uh, throwing around dates and whatever. It didn't even matter by that point. I think that's when they got cocky and were like, we're going to release Solo in May, I think, and then an episodic one in December. I still stand by if they would have just taken their time and kind of had a little bit more space between the Solo movies and the Skywalker saga. I think they would have made a bit more money and Solo would have came out okay because I forget what, but... The movies released around Solo were bonkers. Mm -hmm. And nerds just didn't have time to go see a movie three times because they were going to see Deadpool and Black Panther and whatever else. And I think that's what kind of made Solo kind of underperform. But I've heard Ron Howard say, it's still by far the biggest movie I've ever done. So it's weird that people also see it as my biggest flop. Yeah, well, plus, like, he's just a hired gun at that point, you know? Yeah. Like, he's just kind of cleaning up a mess. But I think it was... So it actually was the opposite of that, I guess. So the Disney ones flipped it from May and went to December. Yeah. But then we're like, okay, for Solo, like, for the non-whatever episodic ones, we'll go back to May for that. And that right. way you get a May and a December, I think, is, was originally the plan. And then they were like, oh, wait, we're, we're putting out too much content. And then they went, let's just do TV shows. <laughs> Which was smart. And obviously, like, pandemic-related, too. But yeah. I, that was probably a really smart way to do it because I, I mean they've been good I, well depending on who you ask i guess but <laughs> i'm happy with everything <laughs> yeah like even even book of boba fett i mean you know a lot of people are looking to complain but i think it's just sort of because you're being spoiled by good stuff and so i'm just like i mean not every second of all of it is perfect but it's like for me i don't know we say it all the time it's like just to be entertained is good enough for yeah us. <laughs> my friend will send me a text every once in a while in regards to something like that and it's just what a time to be alive Yeah, where just the amount of nerd joy we have now has a pretty good track record. If you look at, I still say the worst MCU movie is still better than the best of movies of other franchises. Or I thought you were going to say one of the, like, Battle of the Ewoks or whatever, like some of those quote-unquote movies where you're like... Lee just brought those up because 
the kid who was the big brother in the Ewok movie is going to be at Celebration, where oh, Lee is God. on his way to. And I'm like, oh, you got to get an autograph from him. Oh, man, is he going to bring his custom printed poster? Lee ordered a Obi-Wan poster. Okay. But I think he has a Revenge of the Sith poster. Like that, a real one. A, like, yeah. Okay. That Ian McDermott and Hayden Christensen and possibly others have autographed. So I think that's what his Ewan McGregor autograph is going on. That's kind of his collecting the prequel nerds are on that poster. Okay. Because Reven- I was thinking when you said, I was thinking Revenge of the Jedi, like that misprint. Oh, right. Well, not yeah, misprint, yeah. but the original title. Because I, I would be surprised if he didn't have one of those. But also I'm like, those are probably very, very, very expensive. Yeah, I'm sure he at least has a reprint of yeah, those. You'd have, I mean, even I kind of want one, but I, I thought it was funny. Like, if you got that autograph by Ian McDiarmid and like all these yeah. other guys, you're just like, I wasn't even in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, it's worth more, I guess. Yeah, so Lee is either on a plane as we speak, or wait, what day is it? God, he might be in Anaheim right now. He could be. I mean, I just I saw that picture of him in a, in a car, uh, but it might have been his own car. So I'm not. He's not driving. Yeah, because I think the convention is Thursday through Sunday. Oh, he's got. So he there. might be there right now. Yeah. So he's got a whole bunch of cool plans. He's got a filmmaker friend of his who now does stuff like batwoman and i think he said flash a lot of those cw shows <laughs> he knows how to talk to you <laughs> yeah she's going to be down there so he's going to go hang out with her and he has some lucasfilm acquaintances he's going to go hang out with <laughs> and he's as we mentioned mortgaged the house to go and hang out with you and mcgregor for a bit yeah like he has to hang out with him for the whole day or whatever is that what it is you basically get him i think like, so <laughs> you get a couple hours with you and he you has bring to... him breakfast <laughs> yeah it's like you have to hang out with me it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I just saw Ewan on a talk show, and he said in this lovely, handsome guy, sheepish way that he does the Obi-Wan open door thing, mainly for himself, <laughs> but when he's like at the mall or at an airport, and he'll do it, and he's not trying to be goofy. He just kind of does it because he thinks it's cool, and every once in a while, he'll see some kid look at oh, him, and he does that, and the kid is either impressed or like, what a weirdo. But is he just like in a t-shirt and shorts? When yeah. Because yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not like he's wearing the whole robe and everything. Cause That'd like, be better. It is like train spotting get up. Kid's like, well, I don't really fully get this reference, but I, I liked when he did the hand thing. But yeah, so I, you know, you can't avoid it. I'm like, yep, I'm looking forward to that. But I think this weekend there should be some news about, we don't know what the next Star Wars movie is for the yeah. first time in quite some time. I think it might be Taika Waititi's Star Wars. That's what they're kind of saying. It seems like that's furthest along the way, but we're still getting the other... The Game of Thrones guys trilogy is done. I think like that's not happening. But they uh, supposedly we're still getting the uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah. Supposedly. The longer that that goes, I almost am suspicious of that. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's horrible of me, but I want Ryan Johnson to make another movie because I just like anything that makes angry troll nerds mm. furious well you're getting another uh you know whatever that one was knives out 2 that's coming yeah out oh that was good soonish we screened that there that's going to talk about something we actually screen that happened and we'll maybe screen i think i could be wrong they're doing something with netflix for knives out 2 i'm not sure if it's entirely netflix is oh, funding I think it. you're right. Yeah, but, but we screen Netflix movies all exa- the time. That's what I mean. So we're yeah. good. Like either way, you know, we showed the first one. We showed Netflix stuff. We screened Operation Mincemeat, which mm. I really liked. It was just it was ten British gold star bonus points. Like it was 
so British. Like I, it, I, it just I, felt like masterpiece theater. I didn't even know it was my best friend's favorite book. Apparently, oh, cool. I, I uh, which totally caught me off guard. And I talked to my dad about it, and he's a huge. He loves books like that and whatnot. And, yeah, and he read it too, and he really likes the book. But he's one of those old men. He's like 78, 79, you know? <laughs> right. And so he's just like, oh, a new movie. Yeah, there's no way. What modern technology. And mod- <laughs> they won't be able to make, you know, back in the day. And it just goes on. And I'm like, okay, so you're probably not going to watch it, I guess, is what you're telling me. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realize it was Netflix until the N came up on screen. And then it hit Netflix like the day after we stopped screening it. So, yeah, that is promising that if Knives Out 2 is Netflix, that that is more likely that we'll get it than when it was just a regular big screen movie because just the business model is they give it to theaters like us for a week and then they slap it onto the TV. How does that work with Cineplex with Netflix stuff? Not a Knives Out 2 because that's a little more prestige, but like with like an Operation Mincemeat, were they even trying to get that? No, they don't get it at all. I didn't think so. I don't think so. I think you see that... See, some of the bigger films, I don't know the answer to this, but I think they screened The Irishman. Yeah. But... They had the big thing. The first time I noticed it was recently, and COVID kind of helped it along, but it was movies like Dune and The Batman and Mm. The Suicide Squad, where I believe the number is 45, where they got a 45-day window. And so The Batman seemingly hit TV super fast, Yeah, but then it was still in theaters making money. So there's almost like a weird twist there where some people might be like, oh, I don't like big crowds, but I still want to see it on the big screen. So I'll wait eight weeks Mm -hmm. and go see it then. More and more, we're getting that sort of stuff of Netflix stuff either right at the same time or the week before. Netflix seems to be more and more of our biggest distributor. (laughs) But they're also very... Netflix, once upon a time, you might picture it being just kind of really mainstream Mm -hmm. or the straight-to-video kind of term. But now it's, it's Uncut Gems, it's Scorsese movies, it's Ryan Johnson, it's all these big filmmakers... They've got so much money mm-hmm. that I think they could be like, hey, Scorsese, here, do whatever you want. Yeah, and it's coming back to bite them a little bit. Like, you know, we've talked about it before where it's like you could have made that movie for $30 million, but you yeah. chose $130 million, you know? And yeah. So, like, the, some of these numbers are just like, it was like Red Notice or whatever it was with, you know, it had those three big actors like Gal Gadot and, and The Rock, third, Ryan Gosling. Maybe? Yes. No, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. It was a popular white Ryan actor. Canadian, <laughs> handsome, funny guy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so like, but that, I think the all-in cost was like 200, 300 million dollars. Which is insane. I, I'm, I, I didn't see the movie, I'll admit, but I'm just like, I, I, that is a huge investment. I saw the movie and it was a fine action <laughs> movie starring The Rock and Deadpool. Right. And it really was them playing The Rock and Deadpool essentially. <laughs> but... It did not look like $300 million. Yeah. Like, you watch an Avengers movie or a Star Wars movie, and you're like, okay, that looks like $150, $200 million. Did all three of these actors just get $50 million each? That's honest. I'm <laughs> like, not even joking. I think that's what it was. And it's Netflix, right? So, I mean, if I was their agent, I'd be like, okay, we'll do this movie because you want this triple threat, but it's going to be $40 million each yeah. or something like that. You know, And it's absurd money, of course, but at the same time, I mean, you kind of have them right where you want them. And then you see... The go-to example for me from a couple years ago was Shazam and Venom, mm-hmm. two big special effect movies. Both cost under $100 million, which was really wise because Venom and Shazam are not Batman and Spider-Man. They're mm-hmm. not for sure bets. Venom's kind of Spider-Man, Venom's but not really Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then those movies made totally enough money and both garnered a green light for sequels. Mm-hmm. And you see it with horror movies where they make them for... 5 million, 10 million, 20 million. 
But yeah, Netflix, you would think just be like, how about just spend less money and mm-hmm. make more things? Yeah, it, th- it's very strange. I think that's maybe what some of the others are trying to do, like Hulu and I think HBO Max as well. Because I mean, they're, which brings me to my other, not even question, but more musing, it was just that new Predator movie, Prey, that's coming out. Oh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that if it was 30 million, I'd be surprised. But I almost think it was more like 10 to 15. Maybe, but like, yeah. it looks a lot more interesting. And they actually tried something different. I mean, my fingers are crossed so hard they're going to break off, basically, because it's (laughs) like, you know, you have a native cast and producer and like just a really interesting premise. But I'm almost terrified because it just seems like, you know, you want it to be good. And it's been like I did like the Predator. You know, a lot of people sort of seem to hate it. The last one. But, uh, you know, I mean, it is it is what it is. But it's been a while since there's been a well-reviewed, accepted movie in that franchise almost since the first you know so it'd be really cool to see but again like i'm not sure is cineplex even gonna try for that is it weird now that like hulu's making it is it like a different thing i don't even know and even the term tv movie is so confusing now because Mm. once upon a time tv movies were a big franchise they were a big thing especially in the 70s yeah and now what's a tv movie I think now movies are just movies. Yeah. And they kind of come out everywhere all at once. <laughs> Is Prey a TV movie? It I doesn't don't... seem like a TV TV movie no. once upon a time was after school specials. Mm-hmm. Still great, but... Yeah. But yeah, so it's strange. And I think they're going to get smarter about spending less money and then they have less flops because there have been some big flops the last little while. And it's because they spend so much money that even if a movie does kind of medium well... Back in the day, people didn't pay attention to box office and budgets as much, but I think it's because things were cheaper. So a movie could come out, be in the multiplex for a couple weeks, and they go, okay, that went fine, moving on. Mm -hmm. But now, when a movie makes $850 million instead of a billion, people are sweating. Yeah. And that's crazy. And so I think when a Netflix movie spends $200 million on what should be a $50 million action movie... Is everybody just in the best trailer? Are they eating lobster every day? Yeah. Are they spending six months in editing when it should be two? Like, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. Like, they're shooting right now, like, literally in my neighborhood, they're shooting a made-for-to-be movie. Which oh, is no like way. The first, well, the second that I've heard of, they had a like, their first one was like a shark one, which was, uh, of course, <laughs> not good. Um, not, to, not to be that guy. But anyway, but so this time there, it's, it's a horror movie. So you think like, why am I not in it already? Yeah. But it's, uh, it's like, and I'm, I don't know why I'm advertising for Tubi, but it's called Rush for Your Life. So I'm assuming based on nothing that it's like uh, pledges, college, you know, rushing, you know, whatever. Maybe it's not that at all. But I'm assuming it's some sort of like a scream type thing but based on whatever. But anyways, they've been shooting that the last like two weeks. And that's the first time like there's no IMDb for it yet. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. But I found that kind of interesting where I was like, so this is like it's not a TV movie, but it sort of is like it's a straight to Tubi movie, which like almost sounds like a bad word in a way. But it's like maybe this is their new thing and they're just they've got yeah. reasonable budgets and they're actually trying to make a good movie. I have no idea. Like, I'm almost curious. I almost wish I'd done it just to see what the vibe was like. I wonder if a movie like that, it's been so long since a movie or miniseries was made with commercial breaks in mind. Mm -hmm. So would a Tubi movie actually have act breaks the way (laughs) that a Star Trek Next Generation did versus Star Trek Picard doesn't have that because they're just like, no, it's 48 minutes. It's 51 minutes. I didn't think of that. Because... That's another thing is the modern TV movie is made for Disney Plus or Netflix. The modern sitcom is the same thing. So it doesn't have to be 22 minutes on the nose. Mm. 
it could be 23 minutes. It could be 24 minutes. So yeah, I'm curious about that. If it is a TV movie in the old sense of like, yep, it has to be 95 minutes because we're putting in commercial breaks and want to sell it to a TV channel later or something like that. Yeah, and it, and it is uh, it is kind of fascinating because like on the one hand too, I'm like, you know, I'm so low level, I'm below the ground, but I'm like curious about that stuff where I'm just sort of like, when it's a movie, it's a movie, you know, and you get it how you get it. I don't know, maybe you stream it, you get a DVD, whatever. When it's a TV movie or a TV show, it's similar, but a bit different. You know, maybe there's not going to be a physical release. Maybe it won't even be streaming. Like, you don't know. When it's Tubi, it's like, is that just there forever and that's that? You're never going to see that streaming anywhere else. You're not going to get a DVD of it. And I don't have the answer to that. But like, that's kind of the interesting thing about these projects. For me, I'm like, I'm in such few things now that I'm just sort of like, ah, oh, you know, I'm picking and choosing. You know, like, I'd like to be in the background of that. I still want to do a Christmas movie you know but like oh yeah but for this i'm just i found that kind of fascinating because i was just sort of like that's a specific thing you know like even some netflix stuff does get a disc release but with that it's just sort of like i don't know i find that kind of like fascinating in a way you're sort of you're in this new reservoir and it's like are they going to be shooting 10 movies a year now like 30 movies who even knows yeah i think stuff like tubi on one end of the scale and disney plus on the other i think really might be the death of physical media because I could be wrong, but I don't think Mandalorian has a Blu-ray box set. I no, don't I guess think. not. And I think those Tubi movies, if they're made to encourage you to tune into their service, it's not like the video store where once upon a time, that's where things go to live and sit and you can get them forever. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, no, Tubi is your video store. So that's where you go to get that thing. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting Like to me because you know I'd be that kind of guy who would want copies of the things that he's in just you know for fun right, and right. watch him in 10 years, whatever. But with this, it almost seems like that will never happen, which is fine, you know, like, but it's just sort of, I don't know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this whole things that are kind of intrinsically tied to a system and not a download or a disc or whatever. It's still the same thing with a cinema is that when we screen a classic film, it's like going to a restaurant. There's a logic that's like, yeah, you could just stay home and eat. Mm-hmm. And there's a logic of, yeah, you can just stay home and watch It's a Wonderful Life. But there's something about going out and seeing a movie on the big screen. So despite the streaming services and the video stores back in the day and all this kind of stuff, that's what keeps us going is just people like to leave the house and that will continue, hopefully. It is like if you look at it with a real Vulcan logic, why leave the house? Just stay home. (laughs) And some people have that. There was this documentary about the triangle life, which I got to look it up, but it was this terrifying documentary where a lot of people just work at the office go to the mall and the mall has their barber shop and their grocery store and their shoe store and their video store whatever and then they go home and they have a big entertainment system at home and a nice kitchen and that's it and that's their life like a triangle i find that terrifying that where it's just like scary. every day just like groundhog day yeah, but that movie Triangle is really good, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> highly recommended. Nothing to do with triangles. It, it also reminds me of uh, like when I went to Carlton and they have the tunnels. You know? Oh, God, and in yeah. In theory, you don't even have to go outside. Yeah. So it's like that's the next step backwards or forwards, depending on what you say. But like, man, there's a I, Canadian I movie about that, I think, set in Winnipeg. Yeah, way downtown? Yeah, is, is that, that it? One? It was filmed in Toronto, but oh, I don't know Toronto? where it, it might have been set. Toronto. But yeah, and it's just people who not going outside <laughs> yeah i think they have like a competition or whatever to see who can stay inside the longest and not go crazy yeah which is pretty i think dama keller's in that like uh yeah it's fun but yeah so i don't want that i don't want <laughs> i like the outside too much 
I'll just quickly mention in Mayfair news, mm. we survived the crazy weather a few days ago. Yeah. I was working, just sitting in the box office. There was a movie screening. That morning, I walked my dog, and it was the most beautiful day. I totally wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize this weather was headed our way. My phone beeped, that emergency thing. Mm-hmm. Our power went out for just a flash second. We were so lucky. And so the movie turned off. And then outside was just the end of the world. Nowadays, the technology, the projector robot's pretty smart. So it rebooted, took a little while, remembered exactly where it was. I didn't have to reset the lens or anything like that. So the show went on. But our neighbors at Shoppers, where we get our butter, they were out for a couple days. And House of Targ across the street was out for a couple days. Mm -hmm. So I think we were right on the edge of a grid. At home, Gwen and I were without power from Saturday afternoon till Sunday morning. Other people, I think as we speak on Wednesday, some people are still out, I think. Yeah. It was crazy. Somebody said it was the biggest thing to hit Ottawa, like worse than the ice storm. You said you didn't even get hit at all, right? No, no, we were lucky. But we were out visiting my in-laws at first, but it was near my parents. So we stopped in to see them as well. And had we not stopped in to see my parents, we wouldn't have been caught in it. But then we wouldn't have seen my parents. So like, that was worth it. But basically, yeah, like we were probably halfway back and it started to kick in real bad. And just driving in that was absolutely terrifying. My God. But had we not gone, my mom would have been out in it because she was going to go do errands. But we stopped in and we're like, oh, hey. So, you know, I don't want to be dramatic, but we saved my mother's life is the way I choose to look (laughs) at it. But it was wild. Like it was probably just... Well, everything was slow, too, so things took longer. We were out in it for, like, 20, 25 minutes, something like that, and it was just... I mean, you just have to trust that people are going to do their best and go slowly and not drive like a maniac, but... It was just sheets and sheets. And there was like hail, gobstopper-sized piece of hail just smashing into the car. It was like the second time I've ever felt kind of unsafe in a car. The other time being like an ice storm. Not the ice storm, but an ice storm coming back from Kingston. And that's just more terrifying because it's like you've got uh, everything's getting iced up and the wipers are doing not. They're just blocks of ice, you know? So that was terrifying. But this was just like, it was brief ultimately, but just crazy devastation. And my neighborhood had just big old trees knocked down yeah, I bet. and i heard that i won't give specifics because it might be slanderous <laughs> but a couple of malls in town and i know from first person from people telling me kicked people out when the weather was headed our way when it was here mm-hmm. i could understand some kind of weird red tape of oh if somebody gets hit by a tree that flies through a window we don't want to be responsible for that but this one lady i was talking to was a pregnant lady And I can't imagine being like, hey, pregnant lady, get out. And I can't imagine us halfway through the movie that we had a lot of people in here. We had over 100 people in here. I can't imagine being like, okay, there's a tornado coming, everybody outside. Yeah, at least like at the mall, you'd think they could congregate somewhere. Like You don't have to be loose in the whole mall, but... Food court's going, sell some stuff. But that blew my mind that they (sighs) kicked everybody out of the mall. Yeah, I guess like they're probably on edge. It's been a hard year for them what, yeah. with the convoy and whatnot. You know, I think they're really ready to boot everyone if needed. Okay, so let's quickly mention the movie screening the week of Friday, May 27th. We have two movies coming back just for a couple of, I think one just for a couple of matinees, a couple of grown-up movies. The Rosemaker and right. Petite Mama are coming back for a couple of encore screenings. So those are doing good, obviously. Yeah, and I want to see... It's good because I haven't seen Petite Mama yet, and I want to go see that. But you did see Rosemaker? Did not see Rosemaker. Okay, aha! You're uh, 0 for 2, then. I don't see everything. <laughs> He's doing his best. 
we have a movie called Eiffel coming up hmm. about the history of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. And that, I, would have, I never would have guessed that. It's unrelated. Yeah, it's like this is about Eiffel 65, that band <laughs> that did that blue track. Yeah. <laughs> then we have a movie called Pleasure, which is a drama about a woman entering the adult film industry. Oh. It was a grand jury prize nominee at Sundance. It's a documentary or a movie movie? Uh, a movie movie. Okay. Supposed to be very good. Bit of a heavy drama about the adult film industry that's getting a lot of film fest buzz. Mm, which reminds me, we've been watching Minx, which you recommended. Minx is so good. Very, very good. And it reminded me of this. I think Minx is funnier than Pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably think. not the same vibe. <laughs> then, a okay, sci-fi classic, Soylent Green, oh. which we're screening because I love this. I love it when we do this. I think the tagline is a view of a terrifying future, something like that. And it's set in 2022. So it's a 1973 look at the far-off 2022 future. And although we're not quite as bad as the life of Soylent Green, you look at some of it and you're like, oh, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like, we've been sort of hyping this for a couple of weeks now to the point where I'm just like, did I have I missed it? Did it already happen? No, like, this is... I think there's a lot of people... That, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, there are a lot of people that are hungry for this movie right now. And yeah. I, I'm going to stand by that. I feel good about that comment. And it's a movie that... I don't think has been remade. No, no. Like, I mean, elements of it have been poached for sure, yeah. but they've never... And it's kind of funny because, like, when do you set it if you remade it now? You know? Present like, day. Yeah, <laughs> basically. It's just like... It's, it's in... Uh, it takes place in, like, 2025 now. It's like, yeah. It's like almost there. And there was a few ladies in to see a movie and they noticed our poster. We have an actual old mini poster up on display. Mm -hmm. And they said they read it in school. And oh. I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was a school kind of book. I wonder, wow. I didn't find out what class, but I think they said they read it in like high school. So it might've been some kind of, maybe they read 1984 yeah. and they read some other depressing books like that. Yeah. Creative writing or something like yeah. that. Like so, we read like the chrysalids and stuff like that, but nothing as cool as Soylent Green. I think it's funny when you realize that most of the books you read in high school are just depressing. Yeah. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's Catcher in the Rye. It's Animal Farm. In 1984. Yeah. Hilarious it's like, movie. It's like, can't we just read Hitchhiker's Guide or something? Yeah. It's like even Fahrenheit 451. You're just like, oh, yeah. this is, I know it's supposed to have lighthearted moments, I guess, but no. Then, totally surprised we have this movie. I did not think we would get it. We've managed to get a hold of the Batman for oh, a few man. screenings. Here we go. I loved this movie. It kind of came out early in the year, so I don't know a year from now when awards season is happening if people will remember mm -hmm. and a lot of times if movies it's gotten a bit better but if movies make a lot of money they go ah you made money you don't need to get awards yeah but the last couple of years we've had black panther and stuff like that actually be nominated but i really loved every aspect mm. the cinematography the score the actors everything so I'll be curious to see if it might get a couple of Oscar nominations a year from now. Yeah, and at the very least, it's going to get a couple of throwaway ones, you know, yeah. like to placate the audience. But hopefully it'll get something actual, you know. But for me, I was I was all in. I did not feel like it was over long. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a really great crime movie that actually just happened to have Batman in it. Yeah. And really, for someone like me, who's a lifelong Batman fan had a couple of new twists and turns on the dynamic that I thought was really neat. And of course, our pal Robert Pattinson was great. Yeah. I was all in. And it was a movie that could have gone horribly wrong easily, especially with the way DC movies have been going the last few years. But yeah, I know it's weird that we have this movie so soon after Batfleck 
and with Michael Keaton on the way mm-hmm. and with that Joker movie. But I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. This was really great. No, this would be a good place to see it, too. Like, I mean, it, I watched it at home, obviously, but it just felt like a little too long to go to a, to a non-Mayfair theater for right. me. <laughs> but here, though, and no, I think it, it really plays well. And like, yeah, th- th- what more can you say about it, really, at this point? And we have managed to squeeze it in at 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock shows. So although it's an epic, you can kind of look at it like you're still getting out of here the same time as if you were going to a nine o'clock movie if you go to those eight o'clock shows so yeah you'll be fine and it's it's not too scary so if you're when you're walking home afterwards you yeah. don't have to feel too bad about yourself i was curious about that like it's rated pg mm. that's that's all it's rated in canada and although it's dark it still does have that walmart lunchbox and walmart <laughs> bed sheet set it's one of those weird movies that's like Who's your audience? Yeah, despite there being a mass murder element, it yeah. is, uh, you know, yeah, it's not it's not super graphic. Like, like, I could have watched this when I was 10 or 12 and been fine. Yeah. But I'm curious about some of the kids I know, some of my friends' kids, who might be a little bit more delicate than I was. I'm a delicate person. But <laughs> in terms of movies, I never got scarred by anything because I was watching, I was an 80s kid, you know, so I was watching... Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street when I was way too young to watch any of those. Yeah, I just had the version in my head of what my brothers and sisters told me, so I didn't actually see them, but it was still scary for me in my head. I imagine someone watching The Batman having only watched Batman 66. (laughs) That would be whiplash. Yeah, that's a good prequel. (laughs) (laughs) They're in canon. They're the same thing. I believe so. Then finally, this week, we have Saturday Night Cinema, Ah. hosted by you. Huge. It's right in front of us right now. Oh, I can tell everyone what it is. Yeah, we're looking at the movie right now. Had to order the movie after Lee asked me to do it, and then I got it sent to the post office instead, and so I had to wait, and we were supposed to podcast yesterday, and it wasn't here yet, and it was this whole, and then today when I left, I forgot it, and I had to run back in and get it. It was just a comedy of errors. It'd be good if you totally were like, it cost me $350. And $80 shipping. Yeah, it was just, I was glad they had it at all. And, and I was, quote unquote, forced to order Vampire's Kiss as well at the same time. Good, you know? good. So it was always like, it, it's got a cage commentary. So I'm like, oh, well, obviously oh, I cool. need that. Who knows what he's going to say about being a vampire? Is Vampire's Kiss romantic? I mean, I think it is. Can but we play that on Valentine's <laughs> next my, year? My man crush, uh, Nicolas Cage, is in it. <laughs> yeah. And Maria Conchita Alonso from The Running Man. Oh, she's cool. Yeah, we love her. Yeah, Lee is in Anaheim, so that's why he's not doing cinema. Yeah, that's which is good for me, but yeah. And as we mentioned last week, we are doubling down. Oh, you got the dates this time. Cinema. Here we go. I'm looking we bungled at the it last week. So we're doubling down over the summer, just because why not? Mm. See how this goes. Sure. If this goes swimmingly, this could be a forever thing. Andrew will be sad because he'll have to stay up late yeah. twice a month, but hey. It doubles um, the chance of me presenting cinema, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So if you are listening to this in a timely manner in May or June or summer of 2022 and not in the distant <laughs> Soylent Green future, it is, so May 28th soon, and then June 11th and 25th, July 16th and 30th, and August 13th and 27th. Those dates, of course, are up on our website right now, and we will update social media accordingly as each date gets closer but six instead of three cinemas this summer man i'm so excited and some of them are after cool other movies too like the one this weekend is you can double bill soylent green with cinema oh maybe i will which is pretty cool because emily's leaving for the weekend so gone friday to sunday so i mean i'm gonna have to come here for sunday night or saturday night anyways yeah all right i was gonna ask it's always fun when in the movie ahead of time is neat and kind of genre-y yeah and it's short 
Soylent Green is 95 minutes or something yeah. like that, which means cinema is at 11.15 instead of midnight. Oh. So even that's a little earlier. Okay, that is awesome. I'll be flying through that speech. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so that is the movies we are screening the week of May 27th. We should wrap things up because... We tried to shoot this uh, on your geez. Tuesday day off. Look, look. It was more important that we pull off the cinema thing. And yeah. I, I promised Lee that I would have the movie here by Wednesday afternoon. And yeah. he might not ask me to do one of the double cinemas if I don't get this right. So <laughs> Yeah, you need to do it. Yeah. It's all you have. We're good now. It's hey, As long as it's here, you know, I never have to worry about anything else for the rest of my life. Ever again. At this. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, everybody. You can, of course, find more information about us at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias. And we look forward to having you back in the cinema soon to watch some awesome stuff on the big screen. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, I noticed that Lee was teasing the poster for his new movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, it, it's like a little mini pictures you can't quite see, but it looks amazing. Are you on the poster? I assume I am, yes. New York City, 50 years from today. Nothing runs, nothing works. They gave me a quarter of a kilo. But people are the same, and people will do anything to get what they need. What they need most is Soylent Green. Simonson, board of directors of the Soylent Corporation, murdered because he discovered the secret of Soylent Green. Detective Thorne, he's got to find out what Simonson knew. Saul Roth, Thorne's researcher. Courtesy of your next assignment, William R. Simonson, Chelsea Towers West. When how'd you get all these? Cheryl, the furniture. Is that Simonson? Is that a yes nod or a no nod? Yes. Hatcher, police captain. Simonson. Supposed to look like he was killed when he caught some punk burglarizing his apartment. Well, what do you say? It was an assassination. Tab Fielding, bodyguard. Why would you leave that door open? Why did you set up Simonson? Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, Lee Taylor Young, Chuck Connors. Fight for survival and solve the most bizarre riddle ever to face mankind. This is the police. I'm asking you to disperse. The supply of Soylent Green has been exhausted. Why does Soylent Green mean life? You must disperse. The scoops are on their way. Why does Soylent Green mean death?